0: Well hey there friends, Eric M. Hunter here. Just with a little note, uh, we're actually going to be taking just a short little break uh, and replaying some of our older episodes. We're just, you know, three guys with families and full-time jobs and as much as we love doing this show, it's sometimes it's just kind of hard to put out content twice a month, believe it or not. Uh, I thought, uh, just as a nice little abreatment to the hilarity that is Real90, I thought we would celebrate of sorts. With the drop of the Clerk's Three trailer by Kevin Smith, I thought we would go back and listen to one of his more controversial films of Chasing Amy. I mean, even Christopher Walken's known to do some bad movies like Geely. Oh, God, the Prophecy <laughs> series. Yeah. Uh, Prophecy? yeah. That's why you can
1: buy all 15 of them for four bucks on Blu ray on Amazon.
2: So, total. There you go. <laughs> and the $5 bin at Walmart. Yeah. Exactly. The old $5, bin. Yep. That's what I call your mom. What?
1: <laughs> I'm
2: okay with it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? You are one pathetic loser.
2: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the podcast where we discuss the best and the worst movies from the 90s. This is Real 90.
0: If you're going to spew you into this.
1: The first rule of Fight Club is,
2: you do not talk about Fight Club. What's your favorite scary movie? You can't handle the truth! On episode 3 of Real 90, we'll discuss the 1997 Kevin Smith movie, Chasing Amy. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Ricky Glore. I'm Eric M. Hunter. I'm Shay Hornbeck. And welcome to Real 90s. Real Ninety. Before we get going... Welcome, Shay Hornback, our new host for this episode. Nick Prince is gone. He is in Arizona working for the Cincinnati Reds. He's unable to join us tonight. But to fill his very stinky shoes, we have Shay Hornback. Hey, 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 stinky shoes. Thank yeah. you guys for letting me trace tonight.
0: Nick Prince will forever be known as the special guest.
1: The special guest, because <laughs> he is That's special
2: guest. Uh, so to get us started, <laughs> Shay, since you're new to this one, what have you been watching recently?
1: Well, actually, I've been trying to watch uh, all the Oscar nominations for Best Picture. Uh, I try to do that every year. I've gotten through three of them so far. So uh, the three that I watched recently were Gravity, American Hustle, and Wolf of Wall Street. So and the last one I watched was Wolf of Wall Street. And I have to say, I was very disappointed in that movie. So, And all of them are just Wolf of Wall Street? Just Wolf of Wall Street. American Hustle I thought was very good. I thought Gravity was good. And then I watched Wolf of Wall Street. And then I thought Gravity was great.
2: Because so. <laughs> that's how that it's works. It's funny because you and Nick Prince had the exact uh, flipped reactions to Wolf of Wall Street and American Hustle. I know. I thought the cast was really good in American Hustle. But thought that the story lacked. Oh, really? A big fan of Scorsese.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Scorsese, which is why I was really disappointed in Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, it's like, it was almost like Goodfellas on Wall Street, so. Is that, where will they go next? Is that good? Is that good? <laughs> well, it would be, but, you know, I mean, that's the thing, though. I actually thought the cast was amazing in Wolf of Wall Street. They did a great job. I will not be upset if DiCaprio wins Best Actor or Jonah Hill wins, you know, Best Supporting Actor. But I will be highly disappointed if that movie comes close to winning Best Picture. Which I guess it kind of is, because it's in the category. But what are the Oscars? When are they? Uh, Sunday, March second.
2: Oh. yeah. Hmm. So I've got that much time to watch six more. All right, Hunter, what have you been watching recently?
0: Uh, the only one I can remember is Penelope, but I watched it on Netflix. It's got uh, Christina Ricci in it. Uh, the Catherine O'Hara. Mm-hmm. It's a kid's film, really. Uh, she's her family's cursed uh to she's got like kind of like a pushed up nose she looks kind of like a pig got pig-like ears i mean it's okay the the ending's kind of silly uh just the way that they go about it because they're trying to find somebody to break the curse uh and so like they go through all these suitors that they just kind of file into this room and she's behind like this double pane glass uh uh, kind of, you know, like the see-through mirror kind of a thing, and she's like watching. You were movies. just spoiling the ending.
2: Card. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> of shit, dude. The movie's not worth watching. So it, it, it wasn't
1: directed DVD. It was actually in and theaters. You love Christina
2: Ricci? Yeah, well, she doesn't pick the best movies. Did you see that she just did a Lifetime movie? Did she really? <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was gonna. I thought it was a real movie that was coming out. It's called Lizzie Borden Had an Axe, where she plays mm-hmm. Lizzie Borden. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, she's... Did she ever I mean, have... Black
0: Snake Moon was like... Wasn't that like her last big movie?
2: Well, she was in Speed Racer. wasn't yeah, too Yeah, and big. then she did that... She did that, uh... The Pilots, uh... Yeah. Pan Am. On ABC. Television what is show. her biggest her movie? I mean, like... I don't... I mean, besides I Adam's, Adam's Family. I mean,
1: yeah, but besides Adam's Family, what, what was it?
0: Uh, Sleepy Hollow was pretty big.
1: Oh, that's true. Forget about that one. Yeah. I think Casper did one. pretty well.
2: Oh, yeah. As as far as a solo actress, yeah. Casper's probably her biggest movie. But uh, okay.
0: she does... Sorry. I mean, she's in a lot of movies that I really enjoy, not just because she's in them. Like, I really enjoyed Cursed. Like, I thought that was a fun kind of horror movie. Wow.
2: Ooh, that's a bad movie. Nah, it's alright. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. It's, I, it's either directed by Wes Craven or directed and produced. Scott Bayo is in it. Yeah, dude. So there you go. <laughs> Scott Bayo. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> My brother and I, the whole movie, were like, this is a bad movie. What will save it is that at the end, Scott Bayo turns out to be the wolf. Yeah,
0: so he's the catalyst he that starts it all. Um, yeah. What was that Woody Allen movie? Well, uh,
2: there's a lot of... Them. Anything else? Yeah,
0: anything else? Like, I like that movie. I saw that movie in the theater. Uh, I thought Jason Biggs Jason did Biggs. really good, yeah. Uh, a big fan of Adam's family. I love Adam's family. Sleeper Hollow was great. Uh, I've said bits and pieces of 200 cigarettes that movie's not too bad you know
2: yeah indie film yeah
0: so I mean you know it's
2: I think I actually like I think I actually like Adam's Family Values more than Adam's Family
0: uh, uh um, no
2: I like the video games they were fun <laughs> just no oh Afterlife that was good did you say the video game yeah, I like the video games; they were fun. That's about it, right? But
0: I don't know. Like I, I, I mean, she. It's it's usually the movies; it's hit or miss. But most of the movies that she's in, she's really good. So, and she's usually naked in all of them, so I'm okay with that.
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the movie Pumpkin, where she has sex with the? I can't seen even that. say I heard of that. But you've seen those scenes. Where she's topless. Oh,
0: I've absolutely, yeah, I've seen those scenes, yeah. Kidding me? Her, um, the scene, which it still gets me to this day, even when I think about it, from Black Snake Moan, when he chains her up to the heater, mm-hmm. and she's like all wrapped around it because she's going through that hunger or whatever you want, whatever they were calling it. DTs, Like, yeah. I remember screen, I remember screen capping that and making it my wallpaper on my computer for like, ever. <laughs>
2: oh man. Good you songs. did love that. I'm glad that's not a 90s movie. <laughs> so you cannot not pick no, it. No,
1: but... That's right. She is... Uh, she's. I just. I mean, I
0: can still watch it. God, what about you, Ricky? Let's talk about movies you watched.
2: I watched the other night a movie called Five Card Stud, released in 19, uh, 1968. It's a Dean Martin movie with Robert Mitchum. It's a Western. It's about this uh, card game in a bar where they catch one of the guys cheating. He's holding one of the cards in his sleeve. And so all the guys except for Dean Martin takes the guy out of the bar and goes and hangs him. What? (laughs) For cheating. Yeah, shit escalates real quick. Clearly. And Robert Mitchum comes into the town after this hanging and he's the preacher. And almost as soon as he and this other woman arrive into town, the people in the card game start getting killed off by strangulation or suffocation. One by one, so it's a mystery to figure out who the killer is. Great movie, bad music, bad instrumentals throughout the whole movie. Really weird. They don't set the tone at all. But it's a, uh, it's on. Oh no, it's on Amazon Prime. What was it called again? Five Card Stud. Okay. Don't get that confused with the five studs on cards. That's a weird <laughs> porn. Yeah, that's not one I really
1: want to see because then all of a sudden when Amazon starts making recommendations, it'd be weird. Yeah. So. <laughs> Those are always the best. <laughs>
2: These are always. We see that you like gay porn. Would you like to see this? (laughs) Well, one of the issues
0: with that is like I share my Netflix account with my brother, so like normally we're on Netflix like every night, right? And we'll pick a TV show and we'll watch the the entire series. We'll pick a movie and we'll watch. You know what I mean? So then it gives you recommendations off that. Well, I turned it on today, and it's like. Pluto Nash was one of the movies that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just the weirdest thing. and it's like, well, wait uh, a second, I didn't watch any of these movies. Like, come on. Pluto <laughs> Nash that
2: record out there of that right. being one of the movies you viewed.
0: Yeah, because they're like, yeah. oh my god, he likes Pluto Nash. Like, no, I really don't. I really don't oh, like that man. movie. How many other perfect movies can they recommend? Let's go hang him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's weird.
2: It turns into that. Yeah. Let's go to our commercial and let's discuss 90s movie of the week. Our sponsors tonight are MTV, an MTV commercial. Let's go to commercial. Nice.
0: It's the dumbest commercial ever. It's so dumb.
2: B. York, I'd board.
0: i get Randy with brandy. Madonna, I'm honor. Jewel, I'd rule. I'd give a probe to Lisa Loeb. Meredith Brooks would be giving me looks. You know, I'd get in some little kid. I'd like to grapple with Fiona Apple. I'd give a shove yeah, to Courtney Love. I'd biblically know some Cheryl Crow. To Osborne Joan, I'd offer a bone. The chick from No Dad, I'd make her shout! I might make nice with the girls of Spice. I'd give a ride to Mary J. Blige. Tracy Bonham, I'd spank a bottle. In the hay, I'd roll with Tola coal. The cranberries chick, two times quick. McLaughlin Sarah, I'd like the wearer. Mariah Carey, I'd see she's Harry.
2: Melissa Etheridge!
0: She's cool. His a long face, Horace. I'm just having a little girl trouble. Pressing charges? I get that a lot.
2: Holden McNeil was set in his ways. The way he worked. The way he lived. And the way he thought love should be. But then, She showed up. Let me guess. You like her. This girl loves me. There's something you should know. She got a boyfriend. Well, no. Then what's to know, my friend? And this girl's got a secret that's going to drive him crazy. I like you, Hogan
0: i'd really like us to be friends what i tell you she just needs the right guy what's up if you come pick me up i'll be your best friend
2: now the only thing standing in holden's way is the truth i can't take this can't take what i love you
1: not in a friendly way that was your pseudo date
2: okay i'm telling you she's never even been with a guy you're dating a guy so what if it is true You have no shot at getting her into bed. I take it that's not good. Miramax Films presents a comedy that tells it like it
0: feels. She's been around and seen things we've only read about in books. So what'd you do last night? Got lucky.
2: Chasing Amy. Back, that was MTV Jay and Silent Bob commercial from the 90s, and now the movie of this week it is Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, released in 1997, starring Ben Affleck, Jason Lee, Joey Lauren Adams, and Jay and Silent Bob Burnett, played by Jason Muse and Kevin Smith, written and directed by Kevin Smith, released by Miramax. So, guys, what'd you think? You want to start. <laughs> In honor of 1996-97 and the movie, in between the break, I have put on a baseball cap backwards. Nice. And I got a beard. So I am halfway to being a Kevin Smith character. I just have to start smoking.
1: And you need a flannel shirt.
2: (laughs) With a t-shirt on underneath it and unbuttoned and open. Exactly. Because Pearl Jam did it, so. I'm a big fan of Chasing Amy. It was the first Kevin Smith movie that I saw. My brother was going to FSU. And he came home for a summer break, and he had two VHS tapes. It was Chasing Amy and Dogma. Okay. He said, Dogma, you're going to really enjoy Chasing Amy. I don't know. I watched Chasing Amy first, loved it. Watched Dogma, loved that too. I don't know. It's got really good dialogue. Watching it a little bit now, it's it's a tad dated and a little melodramatic. But I think Jason Lee is awesome in it.
1: Well, Honestly, it was painful to watch. It just was. I mean, I remember loving it back when I first watched it, now, watching it now, I just it's painful of like the ignorance of the characters and just how they all are like, you know, she's gay and that's a problem and then he finds out she's gay and then he has an issue with it and he pouts like a baby for the next, you know, 45 minutes until They start dating, and then they date, and he finds out about her past, and then he starts pouting again and just goes crazy. It's painful. Extremely painful to watch.
0: Because the other three are figments of your fucking imagination!
2: I think we lost him. Well, it's funny that Prince dropped out of the uh, the episode for tonight because I, he, I think he was my only ally. I think so. For really liking chasing, a. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you and Hunter dislike it. Um, and maybe he. We'll have to ask him on the next episode, uh, what he thought because maybe he hadn't seen it in a while and kind of feels like you did.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, because, I mean, like I said, I remember loving it
2: back in the day. I
1: thought it was great. I know I didn't think it was anything as good as a Dogma or as good as Clerks or anything like that, but I still thought it was a good movie. But now watching it, it's like, I even think the acting is just awful. I mean, like, I, everything about the movie, I just mm-hmm. I don't like. The only two good actors are Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. <laughs> and then uh, the black guy, I can't remember, is uh, mm-hmm. Dwight Ewell? Is that how you say it? So... Yeah, Dwight, you'll, so yeah. I mean, he obviously did yeah. a good job, but watching Affleck, dude, I mean, it's like the single tear every once in a while on the giant
2: 90210 air, and it's just, yeah. Hey, how dare you talk Illy of Batman of the future? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So I'll have to agree that I hadn't seen this in a while, and uh, some of the acting I caught being a little less than good yeah um i still like the dialogue i still like the relationships i think i think holden's character is a little whiny a little hard to swallow at the beginning of the movie and then again at the end it's completely ridiculous when he's like i just think we should all have sex yeah
1: i mean it's like obviously what what 70s soap opera did you get this idea from dude i mean you know it's like come on (laughs) but but that's the thing but don't get me wrong, I do think it's a I think it's a good script. I don't think Kevin Smith has really ever released a bad script, but I haven't seen Geely or whatever that movie is. Um so I don't know how Oh Jersey, Jersey Girl? Girl, that's the one. So I mean I haven't seen that. Oh, it's yet. good. Watch it. But all the Kevin Smith movies I've seen, I don't think there's a bad script. He's a great writer, especially of dialogue, great character developments. It's just I don't think I don't know. I mean, this movie, I I think the pure aggravation of just having to watch everybody with the ignorance of, I don't know, the blatant homophobia of the characters, and then all of a sudden the ignorance of a relationship, and obviously they have a past and not being able to deal with it, and then watching Ben Affleck just do
2: terrible things in this movie as far as acting, so... Well, to me, the biggest thing this time was watching it is this movie came out in 97, as you said, the ignorance of homophobia or just the way characters interact with one another in the world is generationally, this movie feels old. Oh, yeah, it really does. It really does. I mean, even when it
1: opens, it feels like the opening scene at the Comic-Con where it's going around to all the different booths and then all of a sudden the guy talking to Banky at the table about him being a tracer. It's That feels like... Obviously, like honestly, outside of the language, it feels like an 80s John Hughes film.
2: I mean, it just really does. So, Yeah, it comes off to me being earlier than 97, more like 1990. Right. So, yeah, I mean, rewatching it, I was like, this doesn't feel like 97. It looks and feels like 1990. Right. Um, visually and just the sound. Yeah, it's it, it reminded me of the first time that I watched Clerks. Yeah. First time I watched Clerks was with Jason Dill and neither of us had had jobs yet, and we didn't understand the movie.
1: Right. Yeah, and that that would make sense because the first time I saw it, I was actually, I guess you could say, a clerk at a video store. I was working at Blockbuster the first time I saw a clerk, so everybody loved clerks Perfect. that worked there. Yeah, it, it felt like home in a way. So, And I think the other hard part about grasping onto the blatant ignorance of some of the issues in the movie is from the character standpoint, and I know that probably... Was the reason why kevin smith wrote it that way but the one of the hardest parts to grasp is you're in new jersey and in new york you know you're in this big area that you know this metro big metropolis type area that you are you just expect and you see these you know that population to be more accepting sooner than everybody else so it's just
2: that was one of the hard things too right because they should be more exposed to those kind of people and right. kevin smith himself had a gay brother or has a gay brother. Right. Who I imagine was out at that time. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I know this because I'm a nerd commentary and whatnot, but this movie is based off of him and Joey Lauren Adams, Kevin Smith were dating. And this is all about how she was a well-traveled person and had gone and lived in a lot of different places that Kevin Smith has never had. Okay, So she had a lot of experiences he didn't have. Okay, So he made that instead of just being a well-traveled person, Made it highly sexually active person and you can slash lesbian.
1: You can kind of
2: feel that it was a an attempt to dr- like make it
1: more dramatic by adding these extra elements that just didn't seem to fit. And I know that's what the whole movie is about. And it was just really tough to watch because it just didn't feel like it was. It felt forced in a way. So, mm-hmm. and I think it came out in the acting too. You know, Athletic is single tier. <laughs>
2: my favorite single tier. <laughs> single tier while sitting on his couch i actually did like the soundtrack a lot though oh yeah um i forgot the mighty mighty ballstones it's a great soundtrack most 90s movies have great soundtracks <laughs> which oddly enough the soundtrack there was not one release
1: for this movie no and i think because it was i mean he was still pretty new onto the scene kevin smith that is and mm-hmm. you know the budget For it and Miramax, you know, not necessarily releasing the soundtracks. So, but it was a
2: great soundtrack. All right. By this point, the broadcast will have edited out a bunch. Yeah. Because Eric Hunter is no longer with us. He did not die, but in the internet world, he did. He's lost connection. Don't know why. And now, when I pick a movie tonight, I only get one reaction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh, no. Still Magnolias? No. (laughs) Is that 90s? I think it is, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not going to be my pick, I promise.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So more about chasing a movie movie you did not like. Yeah. My favorite scene of the whole movie is the Jay and Silent Bob's scene with with Holden.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, that's probably because it's the one scene that feels real. I mean, it feels like, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that one.
2: I don't know how big of a Kevin Smith fan you are, but did you can did you realize all the connections and dialogue between his other movies and this one?
1: Oh, yeah, especially Clerks. I mean, there's a ton, especially the conversation that uh, Alyssa and Holden have in the bar uh, when when he goes and meets mm-hmm. her at the... At the what was it the Meow Meow Club or whatever? Um, the lesbian bar. Yeah, guy. he goes and meets her there, and the whole... Thing. like all the stuff that you that happens and is talked about in Clerks. I mean, they pretty much they touch on quite a bit, like the girl having sex with the dead guy in the bathroom and getting, you know, thrown not thrown in but committed to a uh, the insane asylum or whatever the nut houses they called it. And then the uh, the girl who died in the YMCA pool or
2: whatever. all that's mm-hmm. all that. Yep. So all that it's stuff also that's also the that. funeral they go to in Clerks. Right. Right. So all the connections. Alyssa Jones is the sister of Trisha Jones who is writing the sex book in Mallrats. Oh, that I didn't catch. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back at the end, they're coming out of the premiere of Blunt Man and Chronic. Right. Together. Okay. Nice. And that's that's the only other I think Joey Lauren Adams appearance besides Mallrats and in a Kevin Smith movie.
1: Right. And
2: that's and it's just a brief, you know cameo type thing so oh my one tidbit i wanted to bring up i didn't know if you knew was uh marat's was a big failure which you were going to movies when these were coming out right like you were driving oh, yeah. to the theaters yes i'm old yes <laughs> did you, did you, well not old but you're seasoned mm-hmm. right right did you go see this in theaters i did not see chasing
1: amy in theaters uh the first kevin smith movie that i saw in theaters was dogma um Like I said, I saw Clerks when I worked at Blockbuster, and it came in, and so watched it. And then I saw Chasing Amy um, in the basement of a friend's house, over by where your parents live, actually. And uh, so we watched- uh, And did
2: you see Chasing Amy before Mallrats? Yes, I did. Mallrats,
1: actually, I didn't see until, man, that was probably a couple years later. So I ended up seeing Mallrats. And- I thought Morax was good. Then again, I like chasing Amy, I haven't seen it in a long time. So
2: right, right. And Morax might hold up more because it's not so '90s centric and generationally with their mindsets. Right. It's just a it's a goofy it's a goofy celebrity. right. And that's, I think that's what it was supposed to be. And this one was an attempt to give some dramatics
1: and everything else, and it just and be and be poignant. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Where it's not really today. Right, where we have right. a lot of states with legalized gay marriage.
1: Right, right, and you know, especially New York being one of those. So.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But what I was gonna bring up was rats was was released uh, through Universal Studios. It mm-hmm. was given like a three million dollar budget. Mulrath's did terrible. Um, right, he actually made Clerks for twenty seven thousand um, dollars. Miramax, Bob and Harvey Weinstein, who produces his movies, wanted to make Chasing Amy after reading the script. They had they they felt it was really good and they wanted to give him three million dollars like Mulrats to make it, but with the stipulation that David Schwimmer, John Stewart, and Drew Barrymore were the three leads. Really? Yeah. I. Yeah, I think that I think it loses its luster at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I not that it had I a lot. I think David but... Schwimmer would have had to have played Holden and John Stewart as Banky, maybe. I don't. I can't
1: see that. I just can't. I mean, you look at as much as I've been ragging on Affleck this whole time, I just don't see anybody <laughs> else being Holden. I just don't. You know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. no, I, uh, David Schwimmer doing that role. I couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. Talk about whining.
2: It would have been real whiny then.
1: Very. And it would have been more than one stream of tear.
2: So, and then I couldn't have that comment. <laughs> Uh, I could see. I think Drew Barrymore playing Alyssa Jones.
1: You said you could or you can't.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Okay. I don't um, know.
2: I think she's done enough good dramatic work.
1: I think she has she too. I done just. Done I think. I think Joey Lauren Adams was probably perfect for that
2: role. Yes. And I, watching it now, I think she stands out. Her and Jason Lee stand out as the best.
1: Right. Right. I think they
2: embodying their characters.
1: They obviously are perfect for their roles. Affleck grew into his, so by the time you get to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, that it's like he plays Olden again. He He's seasoned. He's fit. So he fits the, the spot. He's not
2: that quirky guy that you're seeing right now chasing Amy. Well, it's great because he's self-referential by the time they get to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where not self-referential, Ben Affleck playing the part but able to make fun of himself for the whole ordeal that had happened in Chasing Amy. Right. Recognizing how ridiculous it was for the stuff that he proposed.
1: Right. It's kind of like when you get older, you make fun of yourself as a 13 year old because you were just, you were 13. You didn't know any better yet. And that's kind of what it felt like. Like I was watching a 13 year old go through all of this. Like, what do you mean you have a past? No tear. You know what I mean? It's just like, (laughs)
2: <laughs> you really hung up on that tier.
1: Oh, it's it's a great one. So
2: For me this time, um, like I guess I picked up on some of the things you said about the acting mm-hmm. and the movie not just holding up. But I did realize this time, which I hadn't when I was younger, that I think everybody has gone through a relationship like this though.
1: Maybe. Yeah. To some extent, yeah, For to you? some extent. Um about them being seasoned and having all this past and experience i'm gonna have to say probably i mean i'm sure at some point in my life but not to the point that i think i would ever turn around and be like you know the only way to fix this is if we have sex together with my best friend (laughs) you know what i mean that's i think that's the far funny thing is
2: i bring that up for every dispute (laughs) like if my girlfriend's like we should go on vacation and she's like where do you want to go i was like i don't care and she's like you want to go to California I'm like I don't know but I think we should have sex with my best friend
1: <laughs> that's just how you like make any argument not sound so severe you know what I mean yeah go away <laughs> right. immediately gone it's like oh things aren't so bad because he wants to have sex with his best friend
2: <laughs> so that, arguing over where we're gonna eat for dinner tonight doesn't scam. matter yeah yeah right yeah I think we should go to Olive Garden. I think you should eat my best friend while I watch. (laughs) Yeah, because that's that's just
1: a healthy way to uh, make a relationship work out. It's kind of like, you know, things aren't working out together. Honey, let's have a baby together. It'll fix everything.
2: So the thing I connected with, though, if you might not connect with Affleck once he's making the proposal at the end or his kind of uh, internal fight that he's going through, he's like, I love this girl it's kind of forbidden fruit it won't happen right um and you might not be able to relate to that but i i kind of understand his anger and sadness when it's after the hockey rink scene and he's like i can't get these images out of my head of all the stuff that i just heard about like i want to get past it right but i can't and I
1: think that kind of makes sense. I mean, if, if anything, I can give you that. I think that makes sense because the images in your head, the way it would make more sense to me is the fact that he has had no past at all. He's been with no women. He's been with, you know, he's had nothing at all. He's pure, you know, straight, lace, completely nothing in his past at all. Because the difference is, okay, maybe she got tag teamed. Man, he's only been with one woman at a time there's still images that she would have to get past in her head that she's not having a problem with and we all have a past but he didn't have he didn't give up on the fact that she was a lesbian and she started right. hanging out and talking That's... with him he didn't give up on that but then the second he found out that she had sex with two dudes at the same time
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's done he's given up
2: i, I don't yeah, yeah it's the whole thing Dwight Yule's character says in the record store was that why does he have a problem with that? Right. Why was it easier when he thought she had never been with a man? That he right. had made the conquest of her. Right. Pro- thus proving Banky's statement, all a lesbian needs is a good deep dickin'. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right? I guess. Uh,
1: yeah, no. <laughs> it does in the movie, yes. But then again, it's, yeah, more yeah, that, no. it's more of that stuff going around that I was talking about earlier. So... Yeah. But I mean, in the movie, it does.
2: Okay. What is your favorite line from the movie?
1: All right. My favorite line from the movie is actually pretty close to the beginning when they're sitting there and they're drawing, they're like working on their latest issue of the comic book. And uh, Holden says, What do you want to do tonight? And Banky's just like, I don't know. I think I'm just going to get a pizza and watch Degrassi Jr. high. And so then, <laughs> then Holden's like, You got a, uh, you have a weird thing for Canadian melodrama. And then Banky's like, I, I actually have a thing weird thing for girls to say girls boot. That say boot. <laughs> That's probably my favorite part of the movie, line in the movie. Every time I watch, well, I've watched it twice since we said we're going to watch this. And every both those times, I mean, I just laugh. I know it's coming and I still laugh. So
2: what about you? Favorite line is probably, bitch, the shit you don't know about me could fill the Grand fucking Canyon. <laughs> Did you ever know I wanted to be a dancer in Las Vegas? <laughs> the hand motion? Definitely.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. Uh, but a line... A line that stuck out to me with with when I was starting to relate to the movie more at this age of being older and watching it was uh when Silent Bob's telling mm-hmm. the story of chasing Amy and he says, "You know, you start asking her about her ex boyfriend, you know, shit you don't want to hear, right. but you have to know." And that that's kind of true. And I,
1: I, so that's. I mean, I just think that that's kind of true, and I I think that's kind of where I come from nowadays with it. It's like if you. Don't want to know then you don't ask but if you have to know then you got to be prepared for the fact that she has a past that's made her who she is today and the fact that she's then has chosen you at that point in her point in time in her life when she's gone through all this other garb, like you know stuff in her life then you got to be prepared for the fact that feel good about it mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like she's been through all of this stuff before and now here I am and don't be such a insecure little boy <laughs> about the whole situation I mean I know people that literally do not talk about their past to their significant other and their significant other doesn't want to hear it and they don't want to hear about theirs. And I'm like, then you don't know that person, you know what I mean? You can't. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's why it was really hard to watch him go through that whole thing. It's like, how old are you? You're supposed to be
2: a grown man. So as we already discussed this a little bit, does the movie hold up for you?
1: Uh, No, it doesn't. The only way this movie holds up is if it is taking place in a small town somewhere in Midwest USA, or if it is two guys from Midwest USA, small town goes to the big city and then they have troubles adjusting. Other than that, I just don't think it holds up.
2: And I, I, I think the dialogue holds up, but I agree with you that, i think the area of new jersey where kevin smith grew up red bank where it takes place where they live outside of mm-hmm. new york i think it was that way but he doesn't represent that enough for someone who's foreign to that area right because he talks, no, about, I kevin smith that. talks about going to new york and seeing things that you just didn't see in red bank but as a viewer for a movie he didn't really set the stage for that
1: right and they there's Now that you mentioned that, there are certain things, like Hooper says quite a bit, like, you know, I know you guys don't like coming to the big city and, you know, you don't want to cross that bridge or whatever because, you know, things are different here in the big city. You know, that that kind of makes some sense there, but you're still so close to it at that point. But then again here in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, it's like night and day. So in some areas.
2: Do you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down just as a movie alone?
1: Just as a movie alone, I got to give it a thumbs down, man. I got to go thumbs down. Understandable
2: yeah. if it's not something you would be jazzed about watching again, I would yeah. do the same. I give it yep. a thumbs up.
1: Yep, and we don't have our counterparts to <laughs> to battle it back and forth. So it looks like it's gonna be one thumb up, one thumb down. Half and half. So half and half. Alrighty.
2: All right, let's let what is your movie for our next episode, episode four. What do you bring in to the table? Well, the next episode
1: actually this movie i watched it back in my teen years and it disturbed me it didn't scare me it disturbed me a lot so i wanted to watch it again and see how i feel about it nowadays as later in life
2: and that would be 12 monkeys hey that is a movie that i have only tried to watch once my brother loved it had me had our whole family watch it and my i was mm-hmm. so young it was that thing of like my parents hated it so i hated it so right I, I even i don't know i don't remember it at all except for knowing that brad pitt and bruce willis are in it thanks everybody for listening i'm ricky glore i'm shay hornbeck and thanks for listening